Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Hello, welcome to episode two of Socialette. By now, you're probably itching to dive into all the juicy marketing goodness, like how to build a connection with your Instagram followers and how the heck to set up Facebook ads that actually work. But before you start doing all of these things, there are a few little bits and pieces you need to have in place. It might sound a bit boring, but it's totally necessary and will save you a lot of work later on. Right, let's get stuck in. So the first thing you need to have in place is good branding. And before you go ahead and say, yep, I've already got a logo, I want you to just hear me out here. Branding runs a lot deeper than just a logo. It's about your brand values, your brand personality, how do you want people to feel when they come into contact with your brand, how do you talk to people, how do you interact with them, how does your brand look, how does it feel, what's your story, what's your unique selling point, what's your message? Like there's so many different things that make up your branding. Your logo is such a small part of it. Branding essentially sells your product or your service for you. So it tugs on your customers' heartstrings. It toys with their emotions. It builds loyalists and it builds advocates. So these are people who resonate with your brand so much that they will go out there and promote your brand for you without you even having to ask for it. Your brand values and your brand story should guide all of the decisions that you make in business. So if you're ever at a point where you've got to make a tricky decision and you don't know what to say, reflect back on what your values are and think about how your decision should how your decision would align with these values. Your branding should be very consistent across every single touch point. So that means yes, it needs to look the same across Uh, your website, your Instagram feed, your social media platforms, everything should look consistent, but it should also sound consistent. So if you're talking to your customers on your website in a very cheeky, like, hey, babe, kind of voice, you shouldn't then be on Instagram talking to them in a formal tone of voice. You want it to be the same, same tone of voice, same feel across all your different platforms. Otherwise, people are going to see different touch points and they're going to be confused. They're going to think, why, like, where am I? Have I just got lost somewhere on the internet? Is this a completely different business? Branding is something that is 100% worth investing in. And I'm not biased because we don't even offer branding as a service. I kind of, I learned it firsthand how important it is when, um, when I rebranded Wild Bloom a couple of weeks ago, we just finished the rebrand. But when we first started, I did the rebrand. I did all the branding myself. I had a rough brand strategy, but it wasn't, it didn't feel consistent. It didn't look consistent. And it's just such, it feels so much better now to have everything consistent across all channels. It looks good. I've had so many people comment. These things do actually make a difference. The second thing is your website. So unless you're running a physical bricks and mortar store, 
your website is going to be crucial. Even if you are running a physical store, it's probably pretty important. You can send all the traffic in the world to your website, but if it's not easy to navigate and if it's not designed with the user in mind, nobody's going to buy, sign up, or inquire. This is particularly important for e-commerce businesses because people will very easily change their minds about buying if there's just the smallest amount of friction. But it could even be something as small as you not having PayPal checkout enabled. So they actually have to get off the couch, go and find their purse, get their credit card and enter their credit card details. That might be too much friction for them. They'll say, oh, I'm going to buy later. And then they end up forgetting about it and never buying. Just remember, it's very important how your checkout flow and your website flow is. So cut the clutter, keep it simple. Think about how people would navigate your site. Make sure that you install Google Analytics and Hotjar and watch where people are exiting. So analytics will tell you which pages people are interacting with and which pages they're exiting on. And Hotjar has a free trial, I believe, with um, a tool called Heatmaps. And Heatmaps lets you see what parts of each page are being interacted with the most, where people are clicking, how much time they're spending on certain things. There's also a recording tool where you can actually watch individual customers' sessions on your page, which it's kind of creepy, but it's really useful. And you can see if a lot of people are exiting at the same point, maybe there's something that's broken that you don't know about. And you also want to ask people for honest feedback. Is there anything on your website that they didn't understand? Were there any points in the checkout flow that they didn't know where to go next? Things that you probably have overlooked because you're so close with your business and in your mind, you know the answer. So you assume everyone else knows the answer, but it might not be as obvious as you think. Invest in a copywriter for product descriptions. This is super important because you don't want to be just describing your product as the features. So a feature might be um, this pencil is red. So red is a feature. It's made out of a graphite lead. That's another feature. But the benefits of the pencil is it can bring your artwork to life, if you see what I mean. So the benefits are a bit more emotional. And often, again, when we're close to our business, we don't take that extra step to understand what the benefits of our product are. We just know the features so well. If you're looking to improve your website conversions, pop over to stephtaylor.co forward slash two to download my conversion checklist. So that's S-T-E-P-H-T-A-Y-L-O-R.co forward slash the number two. The third thing you need to have in place is know your audience. But Steph, I know who my target audience is. Females aged 18 to 55 living in Australia. No. <laughs> Sorry, that's just not detailed enough. You need to dive deeper into who your ideal customer is. So forget about trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah, in theory, it might sound like you want to sell to as many people as possible, but if you try to be everything to everyone, you'll end up being nothing special to nobody. Tough love, but it's true. So yes, sure, you might sell your products to a range of people aged between 18 and 55, but maybe you'll find that the 55-year-olds spend more money with you and leave good reviews, in which case they're more likely to be your ideal customer and you want to focus on getting more people like them. By focusing on one ideal customer, you're not actually excluding everyone else. 
you're just giving your content and your marketing focus. So you're getting really streamlined on who you're writing for, who you're posting your blog posts for, what you're recording, everything you do, do it with that person in mind, that ideal customer. Think about what problems they have that you could solve. Even just get out there and ask them what their problems are. It's such a novel idea talking to our target audience, but we actually, none of us really do it. So get out there and ask them what their struggles are. If you've got an email list, email them and ask them and ask them to reply. Or if you know a few real life ones, well, they're all going to be real life, but if you know a few of them in your actual personal life, reach out to them, go grab a coffee and talk to them and pay attention to what words they use because those are the words that you can use then when you're writing product descriptions or service pages. Knowing your knowing their problems will help you think of ways that you can provide value to them and build start to build that connection and that trust. The next thing you need to have in place is you need to know your product or service and Obviously, you're going to be pretty familiar with it, but you really need to know what you're selling inside out, back to front. You need to know exactly why someone would buy from you versus why they would buy from a competitor. You need to think in terms of benefits rather than features. So for example, are you selling framed family photos or are you selling memories? Are you selling a black dress or are you selling that feeling of confidence when you walk into the room looking gorgeous? There's so much clutter out there that if you don't know what makes your product or service better than everyone else's, your potential customers are just going to buy from a competitor who does. Next, you need to know what your strategy and your vision are. And we'll look at this a little bit more in detail in future episodes because they're pretty bloody important. But just to get you started, start by setting some goals for the next three months, six months, 12 months, five years, and say 10 years. So... Stick these on your desk where you can see them. And then every time you're, doing, you're making a decision in business, think about whether it's bringing you closer to your vision or taking you further away. A solid strategy will keep you on the front foot and it'll make sure that you're consistently showing up for your audience, speaking their language, and that everything you're doing is playing a part in guiding you towards your long-term vision. The next thing you need to have, and the last thing on the list, is self-belief. The internet is a nasty place. It's full of people just waiting to bring you down to their level. So you need to have an unwavering self-belief. Easier said than done, right? We all feel like imposters from time to time. It's pretty much impossible to get rid of that imposter syndrome. It never goes away. The playing field just gets bigger and the stakes just get higher. You're going to face challenges and you will overcome them. You just need to know that you'll find a way. As you get used to it, your confidence will grow and you'll the things that you're scared of now, in six months' time, you're going to look back and you'll think, oh, okay, why was I scared of that? Just fake it until you make it. Don't wait until you're ready because honestly, you will never be ready and you'll get a lot more growth happening if you just try things and don't be afraid to get out of that comfort zone. That's all for this episode. Next episode, we're going to dig deep into strategy. So what it is, why the heck you should care and why it's a much better use of your time than just blindly chasing after tactics. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and download the conversion checklist from stephtaylor.co forward slash two. Catch you next time.